Good morning. Well, you know, I kind of like props. And I've had some interesting comments like, man, what kind of sermon title is that? Weed and feed. Well, I thought I'd open with this. My good friend Jimmy Harper, he wears this a lot. I, I was hoping it was one of those things I could fly. I wanted to fly in here. I, I just thought that'd be awesome. Doesn't that what it looks like? Can you see Jimmy Harper? You know, he's spraying bugs, man, and spraying yards. Well, oops, I thought he said he cleaned that out. I hope that was water. Anyway, he, uh, did you, Jimmy? Anyway. No. You come here, Barry. All right. Weed and feed. You know, really, Jimmy has a great business with this, and it really makes a difference. It gets rid of the weeds. I don't know about you, but weeds are kind of annoying, aren't they? They, they always tend to grow where you don't want them to grow. Like uh, sometimes in asphalt, sometimes, like sometimes, like all the time in the flower. I can tell you, I really work in the yard. Yeah, I, I'll come to your house like weeds. <laughs> like the other day, uh, we had the lawn over here cut, and because uh, we keep this manicured every week. But just in a couple weeks, like the rain hit, and Todd was telling me, he said, Todd said, man, I was on my John Deere tractor, and I was riding. He said, man, the weeds were taller than the tractor. I mean, it was like, it, it needed Jimmy, didn't it? A weed and feed. I, I just want you to use, I want you to see this visual this morning, because that's what I want to talk to us about today. We're going to come from a familiar passage in the gospel Jesus taught a lot. He loved to tell stories. He was a supreme storyteller. And besides being a great storyteller, and he had a number of those, about, what, 40 of those probably listed in Scripture, another way that Jesus liked to communicate was he would uh, tell parables. And parables were a little more difficult. They were like stories with a meaning, stories with a, a hidden truth, a, a hidden nugget, a, a hidden revelation. So when we read the Gospels, we, we see the teachings of Jesus and we see what he wanted us to see. And sometimes it was hidden from those that didn't have eyes to see and ears to hear. Well, I, want, I want to just keep driving this this morning. Weed and feed. I pray that we have a spirit to hear from God. Not from your pastor, but from God. I pray and people pray all the time that he would use me as his mouthpiece, that he would speak through me. But so much more important than that, listen, do you hear God? Because when you hear God then I've done my job. When you hear God, then you've got to choose to ignore and reject His counsel or respond in faith. I'm praying that we're going to go, you know, I'm going to start responding in faith to Jesus. I tell you what, I go to a lot of leadership conferences. I started with a Willow Summit on Thursday. By Thursday afternoon late, Randy and I drove to Birmingham to the Church of the Highlands. God has shaken me up and done something once again in me new. He's given me some pieces to the puzzle I've been trying to figure out for 12 years. I've been praying intimately with the Lord that He would begin to just show greater. And I'm telling you, I think I've finally got a little more of the picture of what we're about. So much of it we've done right. Some of it we need to tweak. Are you ready to go on that journey, church? Are you ready to be all that we can be as a faith community? If you are, then we've got to weed some things. And we've got to feed the inner man. You know, I, I don't know about you, but I enjoy eating. We were at this conference, and man, they gave us a meal Thursday night. It was better than any restaurant in Birmingham, Alabama. Man, I'm not going to tell you what they had, but uh, but they did end with triple chocolate cheesecake. That's what we ended up with. I went, glory to God, and then he talked for about three hours. After that, man, we were right in. Well, this morning, I've been studying and preparing for this this week. This has been a, a really... Interesting week. Don and I got an empty nest this week. 
24 years, we've heard little girls' voices run through our house and little feet pitter-patter and then big feet walk in shoes up and down the hall. Wednesday, it changed. Oh, we've seen her Wednesday. We went back yesterday for squill day. We're going back this afternoon for convocation. I've gone to Troy more this week than I went when I was there. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that out there. You know what? i, I got to give praise. I, mean, I wrote down two things here before I really get started, and I've already got started. But, you know, we want to give praise. Let's put our hands together and thank God for David Daniels being in the house. He, he went into a diabetic coma a few weeks ago, and David's here. We've been praying for David. And then somebody else on the other end of the spectrum, they decided to do life together with a ring. Dana and Sue, y'all got married this past week. Congratulations to y'all. Amen. Isn't that awesome? You see, I'm going to get into next week's message, but I just want to tell you real quick. That's why some of you are just hard-headed, stubborn, resistant. I keep telling you to do life together. You go, but I don't need to. You do not. That's wrong. Read the Bible. Y'all, I'm passionate. And two next starting next week, I'm going to do two weeks of small groups. My goal is to make you so miserable you get in a small group. Because you see, you celebrate life together. You know, this morning, Dana and Sue get married. I mean, they can look at each other for so long, and one day she's going to wake up and go, I married him? Sorry, Dana, I mean, you're cute, man, but you know... You know, and, and then we, and we wake up and we do this or that and the new car, the new house wears off. And I tell you what, isn't there something great about a faith in when you can come in and go, Hey, my son has been healed. My mom has been married. Hey, somebody found the Savior. Can we give him a, a clap, a round of applause? Who wants to do that in alone? I don't want to do that under a rock and go, we doing life. That's pitiful. What do you think heaven's going to be filled with? Worshippers? Okay. I gotta get to the text or I'll never get there. This this just too much stuff. Jesus, Matthew 13, 9. He says this. He who has ears, let him hear. You're saying, well, we all got ears. I hadn't seen anybody walk in this uh service this morning without ears. Now there might be some that are stopped up and you don't hear the things of the Spirit, but we can you can change that this morning if you'll just be open to what God wants to do. But I want to give you quickly, get ready. Three elements. Write them in. The seed. The sower and the soil, coming from Matthew 13. The seed here, it never changes. The seed is the Word of God. It is eternal. We will take two things from this planet, the Word and people. The Word is eternal. The sower, it really never changes in its capacity because it is always a giver. God is a sower. He is a holy God. He gives. But let me tell you what else. If we follow Christ, we are sowers and we do what? We have the capacity to be generous and we give. Many of you have figured that out. Some of you are still trying to say, I I'm not convinced yet. I pray you get convinced. And the third is the soil. And that all hinges about what type it is. And when you read here in the, in the Gospel of Matthew and you begin to see what Jesus is talking about, there's, there's these different types of soil. And so you have to do a soil analysis. I found out years ago, never will forget, I asked somebody at Auburn University, I said, could you tell me what your major is? And I've always been a wordsmith, word buff, I, I like words, I just, I just do. And he said this word, he goes, I'm majoring in agronomy. I said, agronomy? That's not astrophysics, that's not astrology. They didn't say, that's, is that something to do with the space program? They do have an engineering school there. He goes, no, dummy! It's the study of dirt. Oh, why don't they just call it the study of dirt then instead of agronomy? 
But that's what, a, that's what it is. So they have a major where they study soils because they know what can produce greater plants and crops. I'm asking us to study the soul of our heart. And is it the things that we're going to talk about? Because there's some things we just need to pull the weeds up and go, God, I want, I want to get your heart. Look at the message truth. It's real simple. As Christ followers, we're to go out and sow seed as his faithful witnesses and leave the results to God as we live a life of integrity in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, when our lives stink, when our lives lack character, when our lives lack integrity, there's no power. And when we walk together in agreement, there is... Uh, you didn't hear that message several weeks ago. When there is agreement, there is... It really is. So we want to walk through this. How productive are we living spiritually? You see, here's, here's my only problem living in Montgomery. I love Montgomery. I grew up here. I've pastored... All my years in Montgomery. I love this city. I really do. I fight for our city, for the river region. But the problem is, so many people have been exposed to the gospel and never had their lives changed. You can pretty much see anybody and they'll go, but I know about Jesus. My grandmama, my mama, my neighbor told me about Jesus, but I don't follow him. So my prayer is that we don't uh, continue in a hot, dry, parched spirituality that knows no life. I pray that we come to vitality in the Spirit. That we begin to wait on the reign of His Spirit. And God throws and He pours out the Spirit of heaven. He pours out the Spirit of Christ. The, the Holy Spirit begins to pour out on the church. And the church becomes more. How many of you want our church to be more? Y'all, this is life changing. I was sharing with a missionary a few weeks ago and I said, I've got something for you. Ephesians 3.20, I pray often. But I want to pray immeasurable more for you, Matt. I'm praying immeasurable more for your witness and for your life. And he wrote me an email about a week later. He goes, man, I want to tell you, sitting with you in your study, that has helped change my prayer life. I am praying new things. And this guy's already touching the nations for Jesus Christ through Auburn University. Just a little passage of Scripture because the Scripture has power. It's the right kind of soul to produce a crop. Let me just give you some Scriptures if you're not convinced. i got to do this quickly. They're not going to come up on the screens, I don't believe, but I want to give them to you. Hosea 10, verse 12. So for your... They did come up. That's awesome. So for yourselves righteousness and reap the fruit of unfailing love. Break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until He comes and showers righteousness on you. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for the righteousness of God to fall on me and the people of God and in the place of God. Amen? And God says if we seek Him, He'll pour it out. He'll pour out His rain. He'll, he says we'll reap the fruit of the unfailing love of the Abba. If we're willing. And let's look at Galatians 6, 8. The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. We can sow in the flesh, we can sow in the Spirit. We can sow in the Spirit, we can sow in the flesh, but you've got to make a choice. You can't do both. And I pray that we'll become a Spirit-filled church that sows in the Spirit of Jesus Christ. Job 4.8 is in the sinful says that I've already observed those who plow evil and those who sow trouble, they reap it. You mess up, you do stupid stuff, you reap it. Do I have a witness? Please don't call anybody's name. Okay. And in the spirit, James 3.18, peacemakers who sow in peace raise a harvest of righteousness. God promises that. Righteousness when we sow in holy ways, when we sow his word. So I've got a couple questions you can just write down. If you like, a lot of you like to take notes. What are you sowing this morning into your spiritual life? What are you sowing in your spiritual life? Secondly, what are you sowing into your children's lives? As I look back over 24 years, I thank God for a holy partner that loves Jesus and loves me. And her number one desire besides loving Jesus and honoring her husband was loving her girls. 
And yesterday, as we released her to the university setting once again and to her new group of sorority sisters in Kyle, I look and I go, and I began to see, and met some new Christians there, and I'm like, God, we've done our job. We're going to continue to do our job. God, thank you for the people that have helped grow her up for the last 12 years at Christ Community. See, she really knows Christ Community. I can remember walking in a room in 1996 and telling her about a church that wouldn't be the big church that she had grown up in, that we were going to start a church and we were going to win people to Jesus. And she looked at me and she says, Daddy, I want to be a part of that. Like she had a choice. <laughs> she had one question. Somebody give me a Kleenex. Is there a Kleenex in the house? She had, uh, she had one question. Not very spiritual, but it was good for her. She was young. Daddy, do they have a Coke machine? Because <laughs> the church we left, we had Coke machines. They way you turn around. And you know what? God cared. Because in that nursing school, they had some Coke machines. We don't have a Coke machine here today. That's another long story. That's a, anyway, all right. I gotta get back to this. Man, I, I knew I was gonna cry sometime. Hey, you know, that's like real men cry. All right, here we go. All right, so what are you sowing into your children's lives? Number three, what are you sowing into your relationships? What are you sowing into your relationships? Your marital, your kids, your family, your colleagues, your friends. What do you sow? Good inventory questions. Four possible conditions. Let, let's move to this because this is really good stuff that we need to look at today. Number one, we can have a hard heart. Uh, the Bible says that the seed fell upon the path, and the path was hard. It was trampled on. It was pressed down. And you know what it is to walk on a hard path. It's, uh, it's all compressed together. There, there's no life. And, and spiritually, if you have a, a hard heart, there's no spiritual growth. There's no vitality. There's no deep union with Jesus. And there's not much going on. And your, your worship of God has grown cold and stale if, it, if, if you even worship and that's what I love about here. I sensed the anointing on this worship team as soon as I walked in here this morning. Did you? I just sensed they were going to lead me into the praise of God. And I, I don't take that for granted. And then I think about a hard heart. Sometimes we get hard. We don't look for the best in other people. And there, it's there if we'll just look. And God just began to whisper, there's no place for a proud heart. There's no place for a resistant heart. Get your heart right. Love me. Be soft. I think about a tiller. When you go out and you do a garden... And you begin to till and fallow the ground and break the ground up. Then you throw the crops in and then the crops begin to break and they, and they grow so much better. And I think about, what does it take to till up the hearts of our soul? Because if I'm honest, many of you this morning, I'm not going to ask you this to respond to me. But I just want to ask you, how many of you have a devotional life every day? How many of you have a personal time with Jesus? And many of you have to go, I don't. I don't want you to feel guilty. I just want you to do something about it. Do you have ears to hear? If you begin to read the Word of God every day, your life will change. If you'll get in a group with other believers, your life will change. And if you'll get regular in worship, your life will change. And end up, your life's going to change. I'm going to give you a quote on that that God gave me. Anyway, Proverbs 28, 14. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart, they fall into trouble. So be careful. If we harden our heart, we fall away. There's bareness. There's dryness. There's a fruitless life. There's, it, it, it's just horrible. In Hebrews 3.13 says, But encourage one another daily as long as it is called today so that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. I've learned that about sin. Sin is good for a season. Sin invites you and me to participate. But then it quickly disappoints and it quickly deceives. And my heart grows cold toward God. 
So God says, rid yourself of that. Sin will make you hard, it'll make you stubborn, it'll make you resistant, it'll make you do things you wouldn't ordinarily do. And the next blank is just plow the soul of your heart. Allow the truth of Jesus to penetrate you. Just allow the word to penetrate, to come in and to break you up today. That's why I preach so much word around here, because if I give you enough of the word, there is some word that is a missile. It's going to explode in your life, and it might bring about revolution in you, your family, and maybe our community. I just, as I was studying this, I, I thought about getting rid of the hard heart, and I thought, well, what are some things that maybe help us not to have that? And just write, these are just simple things. I just wrote them down. Number one, or point A, get enough sleep. I don't know about you, when I don't get enough sleep, man, I'm irritable as rip. Last night, don't, don't say amen, but last, last night, I don't know, I just got tired, and, and, and they just look at me like, Dad, you're, you're just tired. In other words, they're just going, just leave the room. You're, you're irritable. And I, I don't know, I mean, does, do I have, does anybody ask you like that when you get tired, you're just a little short and a little irritable? Yeah, so get some sleep. You want to be all you can be for God? Get some sleep. Not in the service, though. Okay, not in the service. Okay, point B. Exercise. Exercise gets endorphins kicking in your body, and those that exercise, they're, they're sharper, they're more vital. I'll tell you what, I'm so proud of Adam. When I'd been praying for two services for years, but I'll be honest with you, he didn't have the stat, stat, stamina. Yeah, I, I knew it was a, I almost called it something else. Anyway, stamina. He didn't have it, we didn't have the crowd. But isn't God amazing in his infinite plan that he knew he was going to put Adam Brooks on a plan that he was going to get so healthy and he was going to have energy big time and we were going to go to two services, bless the Lamb of God. It's so fun to watch Adam when he leaves here. He's ready to go do some exercise still. There was a time, man, we got through and he's just looking at me like, dude, that was awesome. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, bro, I'm praying for three or four services a weekend. I really am. Because, you know, really, when it's all said, I don't really care. If we reach people for Jesus, then I've done what God's called me to do. That's my assignment in life. It's not to sit here and look at a pretty empty building. God forbid, help us. All right. Third thing, ask God to open your heart and receive the word. Just ask God, God, open my heart. May I receive your word? Boy, I've gotten off time. I've got to hurry. Here we go. All right, fourth, apply that which he tells you. When God speaks to you, when He teaches you, when He instructs you, apply that. Number two, you have a shallow heart. When I was in Israel, I saw many rocks, and rocks are everywhere. It characterizes the landscape of Israel, and a lot doesn't grow there. And I would call the shallow heart, right in parenthesis, the superficial heart. And if you've got a superficial heart this morning, there ain't much going on in your spiritual life. You go to conference, you go to retreats, you go to worship, but you always come back at the same place that you were when you left. I'm praying, God, give us breakthrough at Christ Community. This is the finest faith family. I love this church. I love the people in this church. I think we can do it together, church. I think we can transform a city together, church. Do you believe that, church? Yeah. And we got much more to do than we're doing. I long for the day. There's so, I mean, we've got so much room right now. We've got room to reach people. Let's take advantage. Decision for the long term, for the life. Things to start doing the disciplines of faith. I got a whole message on that. I'll, I'll move on. Put down the, the blank. Pull, put down the roots. Put down roots in your life. Spiritual roots. Apply that which you hear on Sunday morning. Apply that which you hear in your class. Apply that which happens in your small group. Don't be mere hearers, but be doers of the word. Listen to this. This right here is one of the best quotes I've ever given. Now, I, Joyce Meyer would say, I'm preaching so good that y'all just help me. But, but here, here's the bottom line. I like this. I got so excited when God gave me this. I just wrote it down. I started. You, you want to see it? In my notes, it started. Because I don't get many profound things. But here's my thought. Please don't look at me. Write it down. 
Revelation that leads to application causes transformation. Well, it wasn't as important to you as it is to me, but I like that. Revelation that leads to application causes transformation. That's what I think God wants to do as we gather together in Jesus' name in small groups and celebration. He wants to give us revelation from heaven. And that revelation needs to be applied. And when it's applied, there's transformation. There's changed lives. That's what I'm shooting for. How about you? I like that. Anyway, be involved with others. We talked about that. Surface spirituality is nothing to it. It doesn't produce anything. Surface spirituality, write this down if you like to take notes. Surface spirituality has no staying power. There's no steadfast, immovable move of the Spirit. Third, cluttered heart, as I look at my notes. Thorns and weeds choke you out. You, you need to be sprayed. <laughs> That's a new meaning. Uh, if you go unchecked, the devil will make sure he robs you of the little nutrients you have, and you'll starve spiritually, and you'll drop, and there's no power, and there's bad things that clutter. There's competitions in our hearts this morning. I'm praying we can drive out the competitions, and we can make Jesus our number one goal. That we don't choke out spiritual growth and life and vitality, but we say, Lord, I want to grow and thrive in Christ Jesus. And listen to Hebrews 6, 8. But the land that produces thorns and thistles is worthless, and it is in danger of being cursed. In the end, it will be burned. That which is thorn and thistles, that which is weeds, is worthless. Your life, if it's consumed with other stuff, there's no power. And that's what God calls us to. He wants us to have the power of life. I, I just wrote down here, do you need some weeding? Do you need some weeding in your financial life? Some of you go, yes, I need some weeding. Do you need some weeding in your schedule? I sit down and watch the Friday night Olympics opening ceremony with my schedule. I, I'm, they call it the jelly bean. I'm a schedule nut. I'm always trying to figure out how to maximize more of my day and I always get off. But God's given me some new insights this weekend. I just pray I can walk them out. And, and, and my life is going to forever change. Can I ask you to do something right now? Would you all pray that I would follow the schedule God gave me in much prayer this weekend? And Randy, I'm going to ask him to hold me accountable to it. Randy is going to be the key to trying to help me walk at a new level. It means more time on my knees. It means more time in prayer. And it means more time in the community. Because there's a man now that can run day-to-day -day operations. And it's very hard for me. But it's very needed in the body of Christ. So you watch out if I show up at your office. That's my goal. I want to be out in the community more. I want to meet your friends. I want to meet the pagans. I want to meet the lost. I want to help you. But I want to see this city transform Montgomery, Alabama for Jesus. So we're going to do it together. I've realized, man, sometimes you can get consumed in things. Then I'm going to encourage some of our staff members to do more off-campus contacts. Anyways, just thought I'd share that with you. Okay. Pulling away, being more, getting rid of the cluttered heart. Uh, is our affections torn this morning? And then listen to this, 1 Peter 1.13, quickly. Prepare your minds for action. Be self-controlled. Set your hope fully on the grace to be given you when Jesus has revealed. He's been revealed. Through His Word. He's been revealed when He comes to invade your heart. Fully devoted followers. The blank is pull the weeds up. Do some inventory. I'm talking about that. Get rid of the weeds. We all got different weeds. We don't have the same weeds. Some of them might be some of the same weeds, but they're different. Worldly pleasures. I like what Billy Sunday said. I was thinking about this. Treat sin like a rattlesnake, not like a cream puff. So we treat sin like, you're my, best, you're my new best friend. And we pet it. And it ultimately destroys us. Let's get rid of it. Fourth, quickly, fertile heart. How do I get one? How do you get a fertile heart, a willing heart to know Him? Well, James 1.22, write it down. Do not merely listen to the Word 
And so deceive yourselves, but do what it says. Apply the word of Jesus. Man, that is so straightforward. That is so simple. That is so powerful. Don't give God our leftovers, but give Him our best. Go for it. 1 Thessalonians 2.13 And we also thank God continually because when you receive the word of God, which you heard from us, you accepted it, not as the word of men, but actually as it is, as the word of God, which is at work in you who believe. If you call yourself a Christ follower this morning, the Word of God is at work in you as much as you allow it to work. So be people of the Word. The next blank is produce fruit for the glory of God. I've got to do this quickly. John 15, verses 1 through 5, abiding in Christ. Abiding in Him or you will do nothing. Lord, I want to abide in Christ. I want to be fed with Christ. I want to follow you. I want to follow you, Lord Jesus. That's my heart. What are you doing this morning? Are you abiding in the Savior? Are you abiding in the grace and the goodness of the Lord God? Y'all, you know, you're saying, well, you always talk about the Word. Well, y'all, it's like if you go to the medical doctor and he tells you you have a condition and he says, okay, let's pick on you, David. You're a great example. David is now diabetic. And David, so you have to have insulin now, right? Do you, do you take shots? Dude, you're the man. <laughs> I, I can only imagine. So David, David does that. But what if David just goes, doctors are dumb. They don't know what they're talking about. I don't need insulin. And every time he goes to the doctor, they're going, David, your blood sugar, you're crashing. Well, he would go in a coma and die. So David, I bet you're very disciplined now about taking insulin, aren't you? <laughs> man, you're a great. Can you come to the next service? That's awesome. All right, so he's got his insulin. You're Christ followers if you follow Jesus. You have to take the Word of God every day into your life. And when you ignore it, you begin to go into a spiritual coma. David, man, you're a powerful illustration this morning. See, I love that. I love when the Holy Spirit will just breathe life to me. He'll show me something I didn't even know when I came up here. Because there's so many notes here I could preach for two hours. But I'm just like, God, I want to make it relevant. I want to make it impactful. I want people to understand that which I'm trying to throw out. Ephesians 3.17, though. Listen to this. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love. And they'll keep you strong. Are you rooted deeply in the love of Christ and in His Word and in His presence? It is God's will to rid us of the things that keep us back from being like His Son. And it's God's will that we begin to let the, the, the roots of the Spirit of the Word run deep into our soul. And as they run deep, we become fruitful and vital and powerful and, and life change agents to a city, to a region that needs it. I just wrote down here, God's desire is to get rid of the weeds. Receive the word, let it take root, grow in your personal relationship with Jesus. And as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, you move to spiritual maturity. That's my prayer today, is that we'll move into maturity 